When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are recording with Dr. Merrill Nass on Tuesday, July 18th, 2023 at 4 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you've been on here several times before. Uh, your Twitter is in the description. I think most notably was our episode about the, the kind of blowback you received for prescribing ivermectin. But today, and it, I know it's going to be a short episode, but... Uh, wanted you to maybe illuminate to myself and to my audience kind of what the WHO takeover is in terms of national sovereignty, pandemic emergencies, et cetera, and so on. Okay. So um, most of your audience is probably aware that the World Economic Forum has proposed a great reset. And um, for some reason, they have a lot of people who were trained by the World Economic Forum as young global leaders um, that have been placed into high positions in governments around the world. So they had the uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand, of Canada, of uh, Netherlands, former Prime Minister of Germany, the Prime Minister of France, uh, two former Prime Ministers of the UK, um, we're all young global leaders of the World Economic Forum, and these folk, and then many members of cabinets as well. These folks are trying to globalize the world, and what that means is to open up the world for um, more exploitation, I think, by the people who are members of the World Economic Forum, which is a lot of billionaires, a lot of um, thought leaders, heads of countries and heads of corporations, which pay a lot of money to belong. Now, what these folks have figured out is that the easiest way to basically get a one world government is through health and through scaring us about pandemics. And they have created an idea called the biosecurity global biosecurity agenda or it's also called pandemic preparedness it has several meanings this got started initially with the anthrax letter attacks when the united states started to put huge amounts of money into what they termed biosecurity and during the obama administration it grew a lot and has grown subsequently and in the President's budget, President Biden's proposed budget, $20 billion goes for this global pandemic preparedness or biosecurity. $6 billion to the CDC just for this purpose. So what are they building? Um, they're building dual surveillance mechanisms. One is to surveil people and animals to basically swab us to see whether we might be harboring a dangerous pathogen or something that can turn into one potentially. And um, the, the method that all this at the moment is, is to be done through is the WHO. 
So the World Health Organization is a collection of 194 nations and and two that observe but are not members. So there's just a very tiny number of nations that are not part of it. And by using the WHO, the global leaders can avoid war. They, they can just sort of get all the countries to go along with the plan and even pay for it. So here's the plan. The WHO has proposed new amendments to its old um, international health regulations that basically used to be about dealing with borders. When someone was crossing a border at, from a country that had a particular outbreak, uh, you carried a blue card, sorry, a yellow card, and you would have to show that you were vaccinated against that disease in order to cross a border. So that's how it started out. What they're doing is amending it. So instead of guidelines for countries, it becomes laws, rules, um, punishable if you don't obey. And it's, it's not clear how it's going to be punished and what the punishments are yet. But um, so the regular, so the, sorry, recommendations of the international health regulations are being amended and 307 amendments were proposed by different countries and also being developed by the staff at the WHO, um, which will enforce this biological surveillance, but also require countries to do um, electronic surveillance of social media and media so that only the WHO version of public health is allowed to be broadcast on a nation's media. So, so this is trying to institutionalize into basically law the same kind of surveillance and censorship that was performed during the pandemic, which was illegal, right? Mm -hmm. We have a First Amendment in the United States, so really government was not allowed to do that. But, the, but these WHO amendments are directing governments that they have to perform this censorship. It's also taken away guarantees of human rights during emergencies. So the WHO had um, directed countries to operate in emergencies with full respect for human rights, freedom of persons, dignity of persons. That language has been struck out in these amendments. So what the United, sorry, what the WHO is saying is we can operate without paying attention to your civil rights or your human rights. It's very strange. This, the WHO is a UN organization. The UN you know, documents are all about human rights, but now the idea is we're gonna ignore them. Um, there are many more unpleasant things in these amendments and, and in a new treaty. So the WHO has also proposed a new pandemic treaty that will um, provide the financial and other infrastructure to carry out the directives that are being made in the amendments. Um, the, both of these documents are currently being negotiated. They have not been voted on yet, but they will be voted on at the next um, annual meeting of the WHO members in, in May of next year. And it seems that Essentially, so far, the members have been bribed or cajoled to go along with this. So um, that was the WHO. But the UN also proposed in March that it create 
something similar, which it is calling an emergency platform for, quote unquote, our common agenda, unquote. And the UN has said, oh, in addition to the to public health emergencies, which could be natural or could be due to biological warfare, we've identified seven other global, potentially global emergencies, including um, outer space emergencies, cyber emergencies, and black swan events. In other words, the UN is saying any kind of emergency that we want to designate could then trigger powers for the Secretary General of the UN to direct nations how they are to manage that emergency. I want to mention one other power that the um, WHO would have, the WHO's Director General, could tell nations what drugs they're allowed to use during a pandemic and what drugs they're not allowed to use, and could also potentially institute quarantines, vaccine mandates, or other mandates. The WHO Director General could also direct, if one country has uh, sanitary or medical material that, it, that the Director General decides is needed in another country, he can actually direct one country to, to be required to provide it to another country. And right now, as these documents stand, there are no standards for what it would take to declare an emergency. So the director general could just, you know, declare one at will. And in fact, since he has been in office for six years, he's declared three public health emergencies of international concern. Um, one for Ebola, one for um, COVID, of course, and one for monkeypox. And he prolonged the, the monkeypox, by the way, he had an expert advisory committee and twice they voted against declaring a public health emergency for monkeypox. And he just went around them and said, I'm, I'm declaring one anyway. So that's how the WHO works. The UN's um, proposal is not as well developed. It will ask, so in September, the UN has its annual meeting of all the country members and the UN Secretary General will ask them in September to give him permission to create the emergency platform, what, you know, the structure of what it, what he will be um, directing when emergencies happen, how it's all going to work. And if they give him that right, which we assume they will, then probably the following September, he will present that he will have presented them with the plan and they will vote on it. So either of these two um, multinational organizations could potentially take over sovereignty of all their member nations um, unless a member opts out uh, whenever they want to declare an emergency. So it's a very, very dangerous um, legal regime that is being proposed by both of them. And um, people you know, of right mind should want to oppose this, see it as a great threat. And um, I have worked with a group of other people and just, I'm a member of several organizations working on this. And we have created a new organization to make all the information about what's going on available to the public. So our new organization is called doortofreedom.org. And uh, we have all the different drafts of these WHO documents up on the site. 
and we have uh, very brief discussions of what they are, what they're doing, and then we have more in-depth discussions. And we're currently building out the website. But um, one thing we're very proud of is that um, we have 25 very short, two-minute articles written very simply but factually, most with footnotes, describing not only the WHO documents, but also other changes in our world that are happening all at once that are very difficult to, to understand because so much is happening. So we have one, for instance, on transhumanism, one on climate change, uh, one on the attack on food, you know, or the attack on energy. Um, the, you know, what are human rights? You know, how are how is medical ethics being attacked? And so we would invite people to t go take a look at the site, sign up for our newsletter, and um, work with us to fight against this. Now, there are many other organizations that are also concerned. The Children's Health Defense is one. The Sovereignty Coalition is another, SovereigntyCoalition.org. Um, and uh, World Council for Health, which is based in England, and a group called Pandata or Panda, based in South Africa, also very concerned about this, all have you know wonderful websites and information. But we have focused on these issues we're trying which we're trying to present in a very easy to find, you know, way on the website so that people will get whatever information they need, it'll be right there. They can find it in a moment. They don't have to search. Can the uh, can the Secretary General call an emergency for for climate? Yes. Climate is one of their emergencies. But by saying black swan events, they basically said we can call an emergency for anything. So do you think that's what's coming then? I think they want all these powers. Yes. Which one they're going to call first? We don't know. But like... maybe they'll call a climate emergencies to lock us down and say, we, you know, we can't drive cars and we, you know, we have to stop flying for a while. I think that's what it's going to be. I think the climate, it seems like they're kind of prepping the public consciousness for that. And didn't you, yeah. I think the last time you and I spoke, didn't you say that they were essentially trying to just tie in all processes on earth, like essentially the carbon cycle yeah. itself? Yes. So, so um, two things. One is that climate has been designated a huge threat to health. So climate has been rolled into health, which would, then enable the um, director general of the World Health Organization to call an emergency over climate himself, because climate is now part of health. What happened is that a concept that sounded good when it was, you know, invented 20 years ago, it's called One Health. And the idea was humans and animals can transmit diseases to each other occasionally. And so um, for those diseases, it would be good to get the veterinarians and the doctors together, figuring out how best to handle them. So that was One Health 20 years ago. Then about uh, 16 years ago, 15 years ago, the Rockefeller Foundation and the U.S. government and various other um, organizations who... Um, are working against us, you know, working toward a globalist uh, world, uh, a one world government, 
decided that one that they wanted to fund one health and they wanted to start adding other things so it wasn't all about just about animal health and human health but it was it was about livestock and wild animal health but it was also about plants then they said it was also about ecosystems and so now ecosystem health is part of human health right so all of these and and the and the climate is part of human health so when you look at it plants animals and ecosystems you've got everything in the world that has now been wrapped up into one health well okay so you know it's just a word it's just a name it doesn't mean anything actually it does and the reason is it's been enshrined in law in u.s law and it's and one health is enshrined in the um pandemic treaty that is being negotiated that the way um the who and the way national governments have to manage health is by following the one health approach and so they're going to tell you what that One Health approach is. So One Health offices have been um, placed throughout the U.S. government. So the U.S. government is now supposed to be following the One Health approach, whatever that is, because it's it's not been very well defined. But it's in law. The National Defense Authorization Act, which was passed last December, and it's, is the law we're working under now, has an 18-page bill embedded in it starting on page 950, called the International Pandemic Preparedness. And it says the U.S. government has to follow the One Health approach. We have to follow the WHO, we, and we have to uh, fund this International Pandemic Preparedness Program, which has had price tags varying from $30 billion to $200 billion, or maybe more. And it requires every nation to get on board. So every nation now has, has to build up their labs, has to be able to do genomics and sequencing, has to share, they all have to share specimens with each other that might cause a pandemic. Well, actually, that's against the law because we have a biological weapons convention and we have another document that the, um, oh, what is it called? The, at the UN, the Security Council, issued another document that said there can be no proliferation of potential biological weapons. But this WHO treaty and amendments says countries have to share. So if you start swabbing your citizens and you find something that you say could, could cause a pandemic, you're supposed to share it with everybody. Now, is that crazy or what? Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're dealing with uh, a situation that is insane, um, kind of like the NIH giving money to Peter Daszak and EcoHealth Alliance to fund Ralph Barrick and Xi Jing, you know, Zhengli Xi to create more pathogenic coronaviruses that could cause a pandemic and probably did. This is basically the same thing. They want to increase the number of scientists who are researching all this. They actually in the United States, most of the money that went into pandemic preparedness went into paying for people like Ralph Barrick, who maybe they were developing vaccines, but gee, when the coronavirus struck, there weren't any vaccines, right? Maybe they were developing drugs, but there really weren't any useful drugs. Ralph Barrick did help in the development of remdesivir, but it doesn't work. Um, so money was spent that 
has gone into developing potential pandemic pathogens. It's a very dangerous situation, and this these um, WHO uh, documents and the proposed UN document are only going to make things worse. And um, the people of the world, you know, shouldn't have to put up with this because a small number of elites decided that they wanted to take control and they could do it by getting their own people or people they have bribed or coerced to go along with these documents, you know, getting the Biden administration to go along with it. Um, you've got a very few people saying they have the right to tell the rest of us how we're going to live our lives, what drugs we're going to be able to have, what foods we're going to be able to have, etc. And um, the big question is coming up of, you know, why do we have to obey them? Can you, can you, well, we don't, can you maybe go into the, uh, said space emergencies? Um, they, they haven't been defined except as a list of space emergencies, but, um, what the UN has pointed out is there are a lot of satellites up there and they might crash into each other. They might fall back down to earth and basically nobody's in charge. You know, a lot of countries and private industry have pushed up satellites. What the UN wants to be able to do, and to some extent has done in the past, is to be the regulator of spaces that are not regulated by individual countries. So that's outer space, and it's also oceans. You know, once you get beyond, you know, your national limit, which is about nine miles, nobody's in charge of the oceans. And so the UN would like to be the one in charge of oceans and outer space, and maybe they want to be in charge of Mars too, and the moon. So, so it's really not anything new. It's just, it's just the human desire to impose your will upon everyone else. Exactly. doesn't make it exactly. any better, but it, it doesn't seem to be anything new under the sun. No. No, um, I mean, I think this is the same, uh, you know, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, um, Hitler. You know, a lot of people have wanted to be the boss of the world. And um, why shouldn't they? And if they've found a way to do it, without a war and without having to be a general and they're safe in their, you know, ensconced in their ivory tower. Well, all the better. Hmm. So then how can, who, who's realistically talking about it? Has, has Bobby Kennedy brought this up? Um, he has said he does not want to, he does not plan to relinquish sovereignty of the United States to the WHO. I don't, to my knowledge, he has not gone into detail about it. Um, the Sovereignty Coalition, which is a, a group of mostly um, Republicans, but I am also in the Sovereignty Coalition. I'm certainly an independent. Um, and the World Council for Health in the UK, as I pan data from South Africa, um, Children's Health Defense, we're all concerned. Children's Health Defense has put out some action alerts about this. The, the big issue is making people aware because it's it's all been done so far basically under the rug. Um, the uh, UN and the WHO are not making huge announcements about it. They want this to be quiet. They just want to get people in. And in fact, you don't necessarily have to vote 
uh, at the WHO, and I'm not sure about the UN. What happens is they make all the agreements behind closed doors, and then whatever countries want to be in a room for the amendments, you just need a, a, a majority, you know, a simple majority of that group, or the the guy with the gavel just says, does everybody agree? And if no one speaks up right away, he brings down his gavel and says, done. We had consensus. And that's what happened last year when a few amendments were brought uh, to speed up the process. So it used to take um, 18 months for uh, a new amendment to go into effect. Now it's going to take 10 months. And um, so those amendments went through by consensus, so-called. He banged his gavel down. Nobody argued. It had all been agreed ahead of time. Done. How come all the, how come we're just how, it, it seems like it's all maybe it's just been accelerating for decades and now we're seeing it. How, how come it seems like in the last couple of years we're seeing it all seemingly come to a head or am I just now becoming aware of it? All these kind of UN WHO power grabs. Yeah, no, this is new. It's completely new. Okay. Um, it hasn't happened before. Um, the reason it can happen now is because the surveillance is, is so widespread. The censorship has worked during the pandemic and uh, to some extent during the elections, you know, before the pandemic. So in the United States, big time censorship paid for by the federal government uh, began around 2016 and then was extended for the pandemic. Um some people say it's happening now because our uh, money, uh, we borrowed so much money that we can never pay back that the money system may crash. And so the UN is proposing a whole new system of money. They say our old system doesn't work for us anymore. This is kind of like the World Economic Forum. The old system doesn't work, so we need a whole new system of finance and money. And of course they want everything electronic because, and. And some of the people in charge at the Bank of International Settlements and others at a point and one woman at the Ohio Fed, the director of the Ohio Fed, has said, you know, we can turn the money off to if we don't, you know, if there's a bank run, we stop it. We stop it here centrally. You know, you can't get money out of your bank because we have put the brakes on on your um, withdrawals. Or if they don't want you to buy certain things, okay, we don't want you to buy guns. We don't want you to buy steak. You know, we just won't allow your money to be used for those purposes. So that's what happens, you know, once they get control of electronic money. And and this is quite serious. The UN has written a whole brochure, just like they wrote a brochure about the um, emergency platform as part of our common agenda. The UN has also submitted a whole booklet and a plan, which uh, will be discussed in September at the UN, for creating a whole new system of money. So people need to be, pay attention. There's a lot going on. It's very crazy. You know, we have articles about CBDCs um, on our Door to Freedom website. We're trying to unpack this for people as easily as we can. Is there any good news? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of good news. So members of Congress are becoming aware of what's going on. Just a small numbers, but it's, it's, it's much bigger than it was a few months ago. So we've got 50 congressmen 
who have co-sponsored a bill to get out of the WHO and defund it. And so that's very important. That's HR 79. We also have a group uh, almost as big of congressmen who have a bill saying that this pandemic treaty can't just be signed by somebody from the State Department. It's going to have to go through a formal advise and consent by the U.S. Senate. Um, and that's important because the State Department had already indicated that it wasn't going to put that treaty in front of the Senate. And the WHO keeps changing the name of the treaty. They've called it a treaty, an accord, an instrument, an other, a document, because they don't want to say treaty because they don't want countries to try and ratify it. Um, so we have, as I said, about 50 congressmen who are demanding demanding it be ratified by the Senate, and we have a group of senators who are also demanding. So there are two bills, um, one in the House and one in the Senate, demanding that the pandemic treaty be ratified by the Senate before it can move forward. We have several counties. We have um, uh, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember which count, Brevard County perhaps, um, in Florida, where the county commissioners have issued a um, a resolution, no mask mandates, no vaccine mandates, no WHO membership. They want to get out. And a number of other counties in Florida are considering this as well. Some may have already voted. Um, there are groups of Republicans in different parts of the country where the Republican Party has issued a statement so, for instance, in South Carolina, the South Carolina Republican Party has directed their members of Congress to vote, you know, to get out of the WHO and to defund the WHO. So um, slowly, slowly, and there are seven members of the European Parliament who are working on this as well, which is not not as good in Europe as it is here. But um, we're moving forward. And what's really important is to you know, go to what go to the Sovereignty Coalition website or go to our door to Freedom website, get the information, sign up for um, updates. And we will ask people when when votes are coming up, we will try to send messages to everyone. Um, and the Sovereignty Coalition has done this and they have a wonderful Align Act system where they can notify, you know, tens of thousands of people to send an email to Congress, to make a call, to put it on Facebook, to put it on Twitter. And we were able to get uh, over 4,000 people sending emails to every member of the Appropriations Committee two weeks ago. Actually, it was one week ago. And the full Appropriations Committee in the House has has voted in the, for, in the current Appropriations Bill to defund the WHO. So that is huge. That's very huge. And what it takes is, is people power. So um, that's what we're looking for. This has been a roller coaster of emotions. I'm not sure how I feel. <laughs> um, but ugh. I don't, it's not. It's not. I don't I don't like. I don't like that. It's I mean, the most selfish way possible. I don't like that it's all happening now. I would have much rather all of this been something in history or something that happened in 100 years. But I suppose that's what everyone who's ever been caught in a conflict says. 
Yeah, but Tommy, you've got you've got a voice now, so you actually were in a, put in a position where you can do something about it. Oh, so God. you got to be grateful for that. Oh God, yeah, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> no, we all we all have to become the best people we can be because the times are calling us yeah. to step up. Yeah. And um, you know, the time is now. I mean, we haven't had this kind of challenge to our nation or to any nation ever yeah. like this. Yeah, I mean. It's terrifying, but I mean, yeah, I guess it is kind of... But we're, we're going to win. You see, we're 8 billion. There might be 8,000 people. Maybe there's 80,000 people working against us. Yeah. But we're 8 billion people on the planet. And, and people are waking up. What? That is a good point. Yeah. It's like 8, eight billion to, yeah. It's like a million to one. Yes. Okay, that makes me feel a little better. All right. All right. I feel a little bit better. I'm back up to baseline. Um, All right. Well, so let's talk Let's talk about this again. Yes, ma'am. You know, another time, and I'll update you with what's going on then. Yes, ma'am. And guys, if you want, please go into the description and follow Dr. Ness on Twitter. And what is it? Is Door to Freedom, is that T-O or the number two? Uh, T-O. To Door to Freedom. Is it .org, .gov, yes. .com? .org. .org. Door to Freedom. I'm going to add that in right now. Well, I'll add it when we're finished. Dr. Ness, thank you so much for your time. I told you I'd let you go in 30 minutes. It's been 32, so thank you for your patience with me. Thank you so much, Tommy. Bye-bye now. Thank you so much. Guys, Recording thank you for stopped. watching. Much love. Peace.